Hello everyone, it's me, Auru Sanchez with... Aliza Abramson. Oh yeah, we are back in town. And you know, Aliza said something very interesting. A lot of people out there are going on interviews. And we've heard and seen... It's a super interesting thing, just to say just that. A lot of people are going on interviews. Yes, that, that, it, is, it is interesting. But then I... the next part is even more interesting. We've actually seen and heard people going to these interviews and they totally we did a bit of spy work. suck. We were awesome spies, but they did horribly, horribly, horrible. I don't know how many times I can say horrible, but the point is they don't know what they're doing. It was actually pretty impressive seeing just how many bad things you could do on an interview. So we were like, wow, we should make sure that our listeners don't do these things. So we're going to go through some of the things that we saw and some of the things that you can do to make sure that you don't suck on your interview. Correct. And in one of our previous videos here on YouTube, you guys can check check that out, we actually spoke about what to do before you go into the interview. Mm -hmm. So enjoy that. But now we're going to talk about what can you do to make yourself look more memorable, to be more memorable, to look more valuable yes. mm -hmm. during the interview. Which, by the way, guys, before we, we continue, please like and subscribe to this yes, video. Yes, guys. We have lots of really good content. And actually, we have a previous video um, that once you like and subscribe to this channel, you should go and watch about what to do like in that time period when you're waiting to be called into your interview. Yep, guys. So please like and subscribe. Now to the real content. So Elisa is going to start us off. She, she, she'll mention points, I'll mention some points of things that you should do during your interview to become more memorable. And once again, most likely get that job to get it, right? Mm -hmm. All right, so you, you want to start us off? Sure. Okay, guys, the first point mm -hmm. Continue. is actually, it's going to seem kind of basic and kind of sound like, like, well, of course you should do this. Um, dressing professionally, guys. Um, you have to go in and show that you actually care about this interview. If you go in and you don't <clears throat> dress as if you care, then they're not going to really want to hire you because you're not invested in this job, right? Now, that's obvious, but I'm going to take it a step further that a lot of people don't realize. A lot of people think dressing professionally means dressing sexy. Mm. It's not, not a good idea, guys. And I'll tell you why. It's better to dress a little bit ugly than to dress too sexy because what happens is, is if you go into this interview, if you're interviewed by someone who, who, let's say they're attracted to you, which you like, they're not going to be focused on your ability or on what you actually have to say because they're going to be thinking about other things and they're going to start flirting with you. And then afterwards, they might realize, oh, that wasn't so professional of me to flirt. Maybe I shouldn't hire this person, even though they're qualified, right? So that's one scenario that could happen. What can also happen is, that, let's say you're interviewed by someone who's really not attracted to you and they're like, what the heck is this person doing? They're clearly not taking this job seriously. And they think that they're just going to get this job because they look pretty. That's ridiculous. So you can go really badly if you do that. So you really want to go for neutral. You want to make sure that you have like the, the typical blazer. You want to make sure that you have that. Even if the rest of your outfit is pretty interesting, you want one at least iconic business looking thing. Like it could be a briefcase. It could be slack. Something that looks like businessy, right? But make sure that the rest of your outfit fits the part, right? For guys as well. I, oh my gosh, I saw one guy at one of the interviews I went to recently. Tell me. He literally was wearing a, 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 this green striped shirt. He had it buttoned starting at like his waist and then the rest of it open. He had one half out of his pants and one half in. And it just like, he just, it wasn't working. It wasn't working. Like the chances of him getting a second round interview is ridiculous. And guys, there's competition to get these interviews. You have to make sure you're not gonna offend anyone. So that's the first step. That makes a lot of sense. And now, 
again, you mentioned for both men, what can men, because uh, you mentioned a lot about women, about mm-hmm. blazers and the flirtation, not to dress too sexy, but maybe give a, like, another tip maybe for men. What, mm-hmm. what, what is it that they can do? Should they just always go with a suit and tie? Like, what is it that they should do mm-hmm. to not offend anyone and to look professional at the same time? The one big thing that I've noticed um, sitting in the room with like a lot of other people to be interviewed is a lot of guys get shirts that um, they feel super good in um, because they have muscles and things like that, but the the buttons in between it gapes a little bit. Mm. If you feel that pulling, don't wear it, guys. It just doesn't look like because like imagine that you're going and you're planning on hiring this person. This person has to represent your company, and then they're going to have this meeting with this other professional people. This business doesn't want to look like you can't afford to dress according to your actual size, right? Makes sense. So you're not going to be a good representation of the building. And also, think about it. The person hiring is going to be like, oh, this person we're going to have to talk to about their grooming, about their dress. It's always awkward. There's going to be a lot of fighting. No one wants to do that. So they're like, ah, just let's not deal with it. So one thing is to not have a, um, a shirt that pulls apart. Another thing that you can do, guys, um, where you can express a little bit more uniqueness is the shoes. You want to have a little bit interesting shoes because people notice shoes. Um, don't wear sneakers or running shoes, anything like that. Wear um, like professional shoes, but have them a little bit interesting. Okay, good. That's very. I think that's, that's a, a detailed, oriented answer on how you should dress to the job interview. In a couple minutes, it's great. Yeah. Now, so you, so you, that for you is very important. Yeah. For me, was very important. I do think you know dressing is very like um, it's important and it says a lot about you the first impression another thing that I've seen that people make a lot of mistakes and I've realized this all the time when I've gone into interviews when I've gone into interviews myself when I've seen people go into an interview I've also interviewed people for the different companies that I, I work for basically people when they answer the questions they take more than 90 seconds there's a book called You're Hired uh, 90 seconds or less it's some, something like that and basically, with the whole book, the premise, one of the main principles was when you answer a question, make sure you do it in 90 seconds or less. Mm-hmm. Because people's mentality, people's ability to retain information, to really listen to you, every every year or every certain amount of period, it decreases. They, they say now that the average human brain, the, uh, what, what they say, the mental capacity? No, what, what, what ability is it? Ability to focus? Ability to focus is only about five seconds less than a goldfish, less than six seconds. Imagine that, we're losing to a goldfish. So basically, even though you go to an interview and they ask you a question, they're listening to you and they're smiling and they're giving you the proper body language that they're paying attention, a lot of times they're really not. They're hearing you, but it goes out through, it goes in one ear and comes out through the other. They're hearing you, but not really paying attention. Mm-hmm. And if you go for too long and they're headed like, okay, you gotta shut up, come on, let's, I wanna continue the interview. Because mm-hmm. as you mentioned, a lot of times these people, they're doing this all day. All day, guys. Um, actually building off of that point, what I notice a lot is when you go in these interviews, a lot of times it sounds very scripted. What the interviewing person is saying, like they'll ask you questions and it's almost like they're just checking off a checklist, right? But what happens there is that a lot of times all the different candidates become a blur, right? Mm. So you have to be sure that when you go into this interview, you cannot be just part of the blur, right? Because what if you don't have one item on that checklist? You're just going to be swiped. So what you have to do is you have to try to get away from that script. You have to try to create a little bit of conversation. Now, it can't be that like your interviewing person asks you a question and you're like, well, how do you feel about that? Like, no, don't do that. That's, you have to keep it still in the same tone. So what you could do is let's say they ask you a question. you 
start building a conversation based off of it and then try to build some rapport with them while you're doing that so that you stand out and then they get engaged and they get away from the script which means that let's say they're going through their checklist afterwards and let's say you didn't have one thing that fit they're like oh but this person's cool they have a lot of common sense i like them they can handle it anyway and you'll still stay there even if you're not the perfect candidate but if you're going to be doing what Elise is mentioning, where you're not, that you're not scripted right. and, and all that stuff, you got to do it in 90 seconds or less. You mm-hmm. have to, or then their brain will begin to shut down. And guess what? You'll become part of the blur. You'll become like everyone else. Because you can, you can give the best answers, but once they reach a certain period, it's like, okay, he overdid it. He or she overdid it. I don't want to listen anymore. I'm just going to keep nodding and smiling because it's easier to nod and smile and lie than to be up front and say, hey, can you please be quiet? Can you shut up? But also building on what you just mentioned and what, what I just said. Another thing I wanted to mention was something in my notes that I wanted to share with you guys. The second point, which was when you answer, what Lisa mentioned, make sure that you're not scripted, make sure you're having a conversation with these people. But when you're doing it, when you're answering their questions, you do it within 90 seconds or less, and every time you answer a question, if you can, throw in a little small story mm-hmm. just or like a little, little small story an experience an example right because now human beings us humans we it's easier for us to think in pictures in movies and in, in, in stories so when you throw in a story or when you throw in a mental image to your answers a lot of times they can imagine it or they could see like what happened and it just becomes more interesting because everyone's usually used to so many times to just give facts statistics because we're shown to do that during an interview which is probably mm-hmm. one of the worst things you can do throw in interesting short stories that showed how great you are mm-hmm. your abilities uh, your strengths ex- things you did at the previous job and things that you can do now and when you do this they're like wow he did this this and this and and what they'll do is they'll forget your resume but they'll remember one or two stories depending how, how good they are the more they remember, right? The more stories they, they remember, most likely your stories were just more, they, they were just better. They were more engaging. They had a great ending. So you would have to think what stories or what experiences you could mention in every, in every or most of your answers that's within 90 seconds or less. So you give them a little story, then you give a quick answer, 90 seconds or less. Unless they want you to answer a longer question and they want to hear you out for a couple minutes. Or let's say it's a longer, it's a question that, that might, re, that might uh, require more time. Let them know ahead of time. Listen, this might require me a couple minutes to explain. Do you mind? So now they're going in the framework. Okay, he's going to take a little bit longer. That's fine. But if you go on too long without telling them or giving them a warning, that's rude. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I 100% agree. Stories are a great psychological tool just to make yourself stand out and for people to remember it easier. Because it has a chronological like list that you have to follow, so it's easier for people to remember. Um, that's why we remember examples and things like that much better. Um, but that next point that I actually wanted to mention was a lot of times because there are so many candidates that interview for positions now, because a lot of times they just accept, accept, accept. Um, a lot of times what they do is they'll interview more than one person at a time. Right. Mm. And what tends to happen is people start comparing themselves to each other. Right. And I've seen it over and over again. People freak out and they're like, I've seen people literally say like, well, I'm not as qualified as this person or, you know, I haven't, I don't have as much experience as this person. And they just start like kind of pointing out their flaws because they're comparing themselves in their heads to the person next to them, right? Don't do this, guys. There's no reason for you to be pointing out your flaws. Point out your strengths. The other person has strengths, great. Make yours stronger. That's all. Um, 
But the reason that a lot of people do like don't do this mm-hmm. is because they're flipping out in their head. They're freaking out. So when you feel yourself in an interview starting to freak out, I want you to take like a deep breath, right? Now don't feel pressured that you have to answer right away because it could be that you're just being like a little introspective. Like let's say like out asked me a question, like a interview question. Uh okay, uh what are your strengths and weaknesses? What are my strengths and weaknesses? Hmm. Hmm. Okay. And then I go into the answer, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like I'm trying to calm myself down, right? It just seems like I'm being a little bit careful about what I answer, right? Like I actually want to give you a good answer. Correct. Which is fine. You guys can take a pause. So don't feel like you have to get the perfect answer right away. Take a second. Breathe. Talk. That's the second point I had to, the last point I think actually that I had to say. It's very good. So, so, so you're saying you shouldn't compare, but what if someone tells you, I, I just compare myself so that I can look humble in front of the employer? What's your, what's your, what's your thinking behind that? Why do you, why do you want to look hum, so humble in front of the employer like that? That's not a good strategy because the employer wants the employee that's going to give them the most benefit. Yes. They care about your character to the point of its effectiveness. They care about are you a person that has the type of character that can work in this setting? You don't, you don't want to, you're not dating them. They're not checking to see how good a person you are or something like that. They're checking to see if you have a personality or work ethic or things like that that are going to fit into the, into the um, facility. So showing that you're not as good a candidate by being humble like that, that's not efficient. You can show your humbleness another way. You can say, like, I'd love to learn. I'm very open-minded. I love mm. growing. I love going to uh, mentorship programs, and I love the fact that this company has one. That shows humility as well, but in a positive way. Does that make sense? It makes 100% sense. Because this is a question I've seen a lot, and people give different answers, mm-hmm. but I completely agree with, 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 with what you just mentioned. Yeah, you don't ever want to point out your flaws. No. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say one more thing, and I want to hear your thoughts of, of what I mentioned, mm-hmm. is actually to basically... Now, this next thing I'm going to mention will only work with certain industries when you go for an, an interview, which is to have a person, to have the employer to think of you as a potential employee working there, let's, for whatever position it is, right, is you have, to, you have to affect, you have to start using certain cognitive biases. Every person, right, there comes a point where in, in order for them to say yes or no, they have certain biases, certain things that go through their brain that makes them say yes or makes them say no. And one of them is actually called, it's called social proof uh, bias. What you're saying, well, what I'm trying to say is when you're in the interview, so this will only work, yes, oh, thank you. This will only work for two types of industries. Either one, industries that are very small, where basically almost everyone knows each other, so it's not too big, or number two, industries where probably there's a lot of famous people and you work with them and stuff like that, where you name drop. I don't mean over overly name drop. Like let's say you're a personal trainer, just just let's say for for an example, and you're saying, well, you know, I've worked with the top, uh, I've worked with top athletes and top movie stars like LeBron James and Stephen Curry. So like. When you keep name dropping like that, Stephen you, Curry, that's funny. Stephen Curry, Stephen Curry, uh, Stephen Curry. I apologize, or like no, 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 Derek it's funny Jeter. Because we're reading about it. Oh, because yeah, we have read about it. Or Derek Jeter. Well, whatever the case is, right? So the thing is that. So the thing is, you don't want to overly name drop too much because then you look conceited because they're like, he's just he's just trying to convince me by throwing all these names. Mm-hmm. But I do feel it is important to throw a couple 
because then it shows like, oh, wow, this person knows what they're doing because they work with this type of CEO, with this mm-hmm. manager, with this um, this old star, this actor or actress. Mm-hmm. So you throw it a couple times and it shows like, wow, this person has the capability. There must be a reason why these famous people or these top CEOs or managers are hiring him or working with him. There must be a reason, right? But you want to come at it with a very simple and humble approach, but yet you're throwing them because it's a positive, humble approach like Elisa yeah. mentioned. So you're just using that bias, that cognitive bias, the social proof cognitive bias to help you get to the employer. employer. Do you want to say yeah. anything else? Uh, just as like a side point to that, guys, um, social proofing, salespeople use this all the time, all the time. Like this is like, like basic sales to make sure that when you buy something, a lot of times people don't want to take a risk for themselves, but if they see that other people are taking this risk, they'll trust that they're making a good decision and then they'll go do it. So be careful when someone's doing sales, they're gonna find, look for opportunities to use the social proof bias. But I think also the likability bias That's is a, good a really one good one to use in interviews. Um, it's a little bit common sense where basically, if someone likes you, they're more likely to wanna to do things for you, right? So if the person interviewing you likes you, then they're more likely to want to hire you. So for anyone that's out there that says like, no, I just need to be qualified. I just need to have a good resume. It's not true. You need to have a good resume and you have to have a good personality and you have to have all these things and you have to mesh well with the person that's interviewing you. Now that doesn't mean that when you get to the interview and the other person is in like a bad mood that that's it, you're done. No, there's lots of ways to overcome that, which maybe we'll do another one about that. Yeah, 100%. All right, guys, I think we're going to stop. And of course, we want you to know, before we continue a couple more minutes, please like this video, subscribe. Mm-hmm. Please like and subscribe to this video and comment. Yes. Um, of course, there's so many other tips and techniques and tactics and mindset changes that you should have going into an interview because it could be nerve-wracking and a lot can be a lot can, can ride on this interview. But we just want to give you a couple very important things that will help you in your next interview. Mm-hmm. We'll probably do, we'll definitely do some more interview videos in the future, so stay tuned for that. Oh, by the way, guys, um, we actually just launched a program that if you want coaching for interviews, we actually do one-on-one coaching with you. Um, So send a message, send a comment if you want um, some one-on-one coaching, and we'll try to arrange it for you guys. All right, then, guys. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. If you didn't, please comment, subscribe, and like, please, in this video. Please, please, guys. We really appreciate it. Guys, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it for you guys watching and supporting us. Any last words? Till next time.